9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. It's a brand new year, and welcome back to Go Plug Yourself, the podcast that continues to plug what Montrealers have going on, even though there isn't a ton going on as we enter once again another COVID-19 lockdown. Our guest, our first guest of the year is Kenny Struly, who brings Malunderstood, a virtual performance experience to the small screen near you. Uh, Malunderstood is a glimpse into Kenny's childhood, his relationship with his Swiss German grandmother, uh, his relationship with language, and uh, the small town he grew up in. Uh, you can go to kennystruly.ca for details on how you can watch it. It's going to be running until basically this lockdown ends, so it is a limited time engagement, and it is uh, pay what you decide uh, after you watch it. Um, so we had a great talk with Kenny. Uh, Chris is jumped on as our ho- co-host for this one. It's a great episode. Uh, we know that you're looking for a little bit of positivity and maybe distraction from everything that's going on in the world. And we think that this podcast and Kenny's show, Malunderstood, are both those things. So listen now and enjoy the show. Go plug yourself. You plug another plug. Go plug yourself. You plug another plug. Go plug yourself. Go plug another plug. I can't think of any blowouts, though, to be honest with you. I can't uh, think of any. Not even for Rocky Horror? No, I mean, there's not really any. Uh, no, I mean, I not no at Mainline. You're, you're talking about the Rocky at Mainline? Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there, there's no blowouts. It's, it's more, I think you can feel the pressure of opening night. Uh, and and people are like quieter, and I, I and and for me, especially when I play the narrator, I kind of go in my own corner because I prepare to like listen to the audience because that role is so like, um, it's so like interacting with the audience, and when they give you a call back, you gotta bounce back and throw it right back at them, but or decide to ignore it, which is another way of doing it. I mean, you guys know this, this is like stand up comedy, um. But no, no, no blowouts, no blowouts, no diva blowouts on the set of uh, Rocky Horror at Mainline. <laughs> mm. mm. Interesting. Good note. Good note. <laughs> I was going to say, so I was like, so what we've learned from here is that uh, Walter would never make it as a theater kid. Because I think. <laughs> you didn't already know that? <laughs> I already knew that. By the way, uh, uh, before we continue, uh, everybody vote Walter J. Ling for Guzzo Man 2021. Um, <laughs> just tweet, tweet directly at Vinny Guzzo. Walter really needs this. He's had a hard year, harder than anybody else, you know? <laughs> no really, one's really had it harder than Walter J. Ling living in an ND, beautiful NDG with his beautiful wife and child. It's been a hard he, year. He really needs to what become the spokesperson is- of... <laughs> A movie theater <laughs> during a pandemic. The That's face right. of a movie theater. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's it's to be the spokesperson for for the Guzzo theaters. Got it. Okay, cool. Well, I'll be sure to do that. Make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's it. All all on all your social media. Just just spread the word of Walter all wanting to become yes. uh, in a in a campaign that no one was asking for that he just started himself. Yeah. Nobody needed it. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> uh, the the first thing I wanted to ask, um, because. Kenny, I've rarely heard your last name pronounced until I heard you pronounce it, and I was yeah. just sort of like, and and which is. Um, oh, can I take a crack at it? Can I take a crack at it? Can Please, you, you, I'd love to hear your crack at it. Strul. Strul. Okay, not bad. Not uh, there's bad. A, there's a, there's a Swiss Swiss 
have the, the the e gets pronounced a little more. Yeah. Right. So it is yes. So 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 this one in um, in English we call it we we pronounce it struly. In French, my dad and mum will go streul, but in Swiss German it's pronounced streily. Okay, Streil. but in Italian it's fucking strul, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. In Italian, I'll remember that it's it's strul. But listen, in, in, in Montreal North who... Italian, it's clearly strul. <laughs> Next I, question. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't go with strudel. A lot of people add a D in there and just give me that uh, that uh, dessert there. They go with strudel, but uh, no, no, yes, yeah, strudel. I'll, I'll remember that. <laughs> Those are dumb people. The people do that to my name too. Where it's like they'll just they'll add letters to it. I'm like, I know it's 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 not a complicated name. It's Vendito, but is it Ven is it Vendidio? And I'm like, no. Why would it? Why <laughs> would it not. be? When I went to the SAQ to get my license, the woman I swear gave up on my name. She was yeah, like, yeah, she must have been Kenny stressing. Kenny and she was like, Kenny play. Kenny Vincent. And I was so happy I got my license, but she messed, ruined my name. <laughs> That's, I mean. I have I have a long last name, but anyone who's just sort of like when I when I when someone looks at my last name and they're they're just sort of like, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm like, yes, you do. It's incredibly phonetic. I'm like, just read it out. Nothing is insane. There's like it's heist er man. Like literally you can't like I know it's 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 daunting to see a big like 13 or 14 letter name or whatever at the end of it. But I'm like when someone's like, I can't pronounce this. I'm like, you absolutely can. Like you, you're if you're don't you think you can. I was like, you you don't have like a grade two reading level. Like it's like if it's you sound it out. N. It's the double N at the end of it. That confuses everyone. I guess. Maybe. They're like, oh <laughs> no, no. No, no. How long do I say that mm? <laughs> if I cut it too short? Get out of here. So is truly your preferred last name pronunciation? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I do prefer Struly. Uh, when it said, I even had a French friend who was insulted that I, uh, when I was spoken French to people, they were like, wait, mon nom c'est Kenny Stroud. And she was like, no, it is Kenny Strudy. And I was like, okay, sure, you can typical, defend that. Typical but I, of the French, getting offended <laughs> on somebody else's behalf. <laughs> That's right. She, she, she really went out there and like really wanted to defend the Kenny Strudy. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, no, I mean, I prefer Strudy. If you can just say it, I'm happy with that, you know. When I when I'm here in Quebec, people really have a hard time with Kenny. They think I'm English, but then I also have this really thick French accent, which if you can't hear, I'm okay with. But um, and but when I went to Switzerland, they had such a hard time with Kenny. Streili was fine. Oh, they they ran with that, but uh, with with Kenny, they were just like Kenny. I was like, no, Kenny. And it was. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because we're such, it's such a different world here in North America, where like even like um. A Bob, a Bobby Poirier, in the states will be, or uh, which one have I seen a lot of? In this, because there's a lot of French names in the states, and the way they say it would just like trigger all the Quebecers in the world. Well, I mean, we get it, <laughs> we get it a lot in. If you uh, Benoit, the, Benoit, Benoit is Benoit in a lot of places in the states, and it's just like, and then you go to Europe, and it's like there's just no way anyone could ever survive out there from that. That like people from like suburban North America can't survive in europe <laughs> if they have thin skin like because they're going to be insulted on a weekly basis and <laughs> yep. worse worse most of us only speak like uh, most north americans only speak a single language 
So you're going to go over to Europe and like everyone is going to have a language they can insult you in that you don't even know. Well, that's the benefit about being a WAP is that I can survive in Italy, Switzerland, <laughs> France. I can even because I got the French, the Italian, it's not just the English. The the, the good part is using those uh, perceived notions of North Americans to your advantage and like eavesdropping on when people are trash talking you, you know? Yeah. Well, Kenny, you must do that a lot, though, because people could probably can't pin you down to like one cultural group. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, people just assume, they just assume all the time when I, 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 do, I do find that there's been some French people who look at me and then I, then I start speaking good French and they go, oh, and then I go, yeah, I went to French school. And then, and then you get the English who they hear me talk a little bit and they're like, oh, he's a French guy. And I'm like, no, no, no. I remember when I was in high school, I, I went to French high school and I was like the English guy. Everyone was like, knew that Kenny was the English guy. He'll talk to you in English. If you have questions, a lot of drunk people in high school would come to me and be like, I have to try speaking English with you, Kenny. I have to try so hard. And I was like, absolutely. And then the next day they'd forget and they'd talking French to me. So when I went to Dawson College in English and the professional theater program, they, I was like, I'm English. I'm a part of this group. And I started, I said one word and someone was like, oh, there's a French guy in the class. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what is this weird freaking world? That's so Ugh. mean. Yeah, I tell you, language. Sounds a, lot, sounds a lot like Dawson, you know? But Oh, so this guy has an accent. Not one of us. <laughs> oh, one of the things I wanted to ask though was like when you mentioned uh, when you went to Switzerland how your name was pronounced, but that in, like included at least if we are to assume that uh, your impersonation of your your grandmother is relatively precise, your own grandmother couldn't pronounce your first name at least as Kenny. No, I mean, well, I mean, for the longest of time, she had a hard time with Kenny. Yeah, and I, and I think my my grandmother has an accent, so that that's remained there. I actually went to Switzerland with her. Uh, she brought me. She was like, I don't want to go alone. Uh, please come with me. And I went and I explored all these places with her. But yeah, she would introduce me and it would always be like Kenny. And even now, it's it's Kenny when she she's getting really upset. She, it will come out <laughs> Kenny. And uh, I think one time. Uh, she, she put an R on my Christmas present. <laughs> she, she just put the R to her. It just made sense. And that was Kenny. It was K-R-E-N-N-Y. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, it's like it's, it's one thing to say, like, oh, like, I have a thick accent. That's how I pronounce it or whatever. But she's like, no, this is also how I write it. Like, this is how I'm yeah. going to pen it she's, to paper. Well, my brother's name is Jamie. And she was like, she'd write Jimmy. And she put J-I-M-I. That's it. Jimmy. And that was that was the end of it. No, uh, no, if buts or whatever. Yeah, English expression. Guy, guys, I have a, such a hard time with expressions sometimes. <laughs> Which yeah, I guess... that's that. But that's because you have to bounce around between so many different languages that you have to 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 keep all the expressions in your head. Must be fucking exhausting. It's, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just projecting there. I think. Well, I mean, but that, that's also, but that's part of the the whole premise of of malunderstood, right? Like that's you. You, you're, you're right. Like right now, we're we're listening to you speak, and you're you can float in and out of French and English and Swiss uh, or German Swiss, and like now you have a grasp of it. But like, but initially that was difficult. That was like hard to. You didn't have like you didn't pick up linguistics immediately. Was that no, that no, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was definitely really hard. I remember when I was a kid uh, in kindergarten, when everyone was just playing with toys and stuff, I had to be sent to a special French class. Um, and they had to, and we started with the basics. And I still remember it was a picture of a clown and I had to draw balloons of what color the clowns were, or, or like the, what color the balloons were, and like rouge. And I just, I just it, it, 
And I remember not knowing a word and these, these kids would talk to me and I, I knew nothing they were saying to me. I would just look at them and they, they really uh, didn't know how to interact with me. And it's funny, my mom has a daycare now and I, and I watch it. And I think being bilingual is more like a thing now. More and more people are. Mm-hmm. And I watch kids talk to each other now and it's interesting because some of them will just speak one language and the other one will speak the other language. But they'll communicate and understand exactly what they're saying, but always talk in the opposite language. And I think that's mm-hmm. something I've always been like, wow, that's pretty incredible. That's actually how a lot of like office meetings where I work go down. Like mm-hmm. we like they'll, they'll usually be like a quick round table of like, what is everybody comfortable with? Because we also, we have uh, sometimes we work with people who are American, Ontarian, who, so they might not be bilingual. And if everyone's bilingual, usually the, the default setting is to just be like, okay, speak in whatever is clearest and most like efficient for you like because it's this is like a business meeting so like don't feel like i guess muted or whatever because you have to feel obligated to speak in french or english like speak in whatever is efficient for you we all understand you perfectly well and just go so i was like man if you ever listen to the i guess like recording or whatever of the meeting you're gonna be like what is happening here? You know, like you're just like someone's asking a question in French, another person's answering it in English, and then asking back in English, and it's like it flips back and forth. And then the same person who was speaking French a second ago is now speaking English, like which I think is, I mean, it's it's nice. I enjoy yeah. it at least. Like, yeah, yeah, well, I, I transcribed the meeting. Yeah, poor. Yeah, exactly. And I feel that the, whatever auto transcribing uh, software that may or may not exist on the Teams chat is just going to just be like, I quit. Like I completely quit. Like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. I'm, I don't do this. I'm a robot, and I quit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, so tell us about. I guess. Um, so I, I just. I just fresh. Freshly watched the. I I called it to Chris a short film, but you call it a virtual experience. Yeah, um, that was that was such a, an interesting title. It's something we got from This Is Not a Fringe. Uh, one of the we had a series called the Transformation Series, and it was just people talking about looking at the art world now. What has to change? We are in a we are in a pause moment. What are what are we doing as artists? What are we doing as producers? And one of the artists that they have changed their show and called a virtual performance experience. Um, mm-hmm. So we decided, so when we applied for the Canada Council grant, we were trying to figure out how to make this show happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing was we wanted to do the show one night live in my hometown. Mm-hmm. But when we were starting to look around and taking pictures, you know, Amy Blackmore, the director, and Rebecca Zeroshe, my production manager, they both were just, uh, shocked by how beautiful everything was, how the farm was, and how uh, like the fields and the cows in the fields. So, so it became more of like, how okay, how do we integrate all this? And the idea was that maybe I, I would, I would perform somewhere for one of the scenes, and then perform uh, another scene on the farm, and then another scene in a field far away. But all that became complicated with internet because West Brom doesn't have that much internet. So we, mm-hmm. we, we, we were like, no, we can't do that. That's not great. And then we went, we said, okay, how do we create a, a kind of version of this show, but make it a video? And then we started saying it was an ode. And we still say it's an ode to the live show because like there's two, like two scenes that are completely cut out from it. It's really just, we want to make it short and sweet. And, it, it, it's we want to take our theater show and make it a video but not call it a film because it, it's not really a film it's more like an experience 
come onto the farm, live it with me, and get back to your ordinary world. You know, like it's more like take a pause for 20 minutes, watch this video, and mm -hmm. then in, get back to your your life and and get back to work and take another pause later and watch it again and have a good laugh and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. <clears throat> but yeah, because I mean, I, I, for sure, I think it is, it is somewhere in between a live, well, not a live, or like a live to tape performance, in a manner of speaking, and and a short film. So I think virtual experience is probably, it's a, a good term, but I was like, when I saw that, I was like, and I'm pretty sure I'd seen someone else use it in, in a press release somewhere else, where I was like, yeah, I guess that's kind of where we're at now is we're we're experiencing like i mean like i like personally like as as someone who um i go to a lot of concerts like music concerts most of the time i used to never really have an appetite to watch like watch live music being performed on television you know like <clears throat> that was i was just like i'm like well i'd rather i'd either listen to the record or i'd watch something else i'd watch a film or whatever but now because of you know 2020 and covid19 i'm like going to these um or going paying and sitting on my couch and virtually experiencing a concert and it's certainly like not a concert you know what i mean like it's not the same as a live performance even if it even if it is live or is live to tape or whatever the heck it is it is something else that i feel that we've all sort of started experiencing in in 2020 and probably through 2021 the way things are going that we're just sort of like it's a new way to i guess sort of like witness art that we've sort of opened ourselves up to if that makes sense yeah exactly and i mean for me for the longest of time i was trying to figure out what is this new thing that we're doing because it's not it's not live theater it's not concert it's not it, 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 these, these things are they're still going to exist but this is a new kind of art form is the way i'm looking at it is that all these things online are becoming this whole new folder and whole new category, I think, in, in performance, I think, you know? So that's why we really wanted to call it a virtual performance experience. It's an experience. It's it, You're not going to sit down with an audience and you're not going to be able to watch it all together. But in a way, you are because you, we're all going to watch it at separate moments. And I think that's something that we really want to uh, create, that opportunity where it's just like when you watch it, watch it and join the experience and then talk about it or or not or, you know, and and it's just like for me for me I really looked at it as an opportunity for people to pause, have a good laugh with me, and get to experience some things I ha I lived on the farm, uh, and, and get back and you know try to enjoy the 2020 scenario that we're all stuck in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, I wanted to ask you actually, uh, based on what Kenny was talking about. I know you're the host, but you still have questions. We haven't had you on the show as a host since you did your Untitled Holiday special which I think was one of the first times I've seen uh, like crowd work happen virtually or a sort of. Yeah, you, you, you could you could stick me in a barrel with just one person on the outside of it and I'll still find a way to crowd work them. I <laughs> was that, but like, I was just saying I, I was just saying I was like, like, I know it's obviously not quite, but you, you guys responding to the chat, I was uh I, I was very, I, I was engaged and impressed with you, like literally watching a chat bar and playing off it as a comedian. It was, how was it? Like, obviously I mean, not what you want, but. No, but like Kenny said, <laughs> we're in a new, we're in a new point now in, in art and entertainment. Um, I mean, 
I don't have the gravitas to look at it as an artist, so I look at it as a, through the lens of an entertainer. And even then, um, I think, and Kenny, you could probably speak to this too, the market was cornered well before the pandemic in terms of internet art and entertainment. It, this is not. This is what I think. In March, we we got to get a, we had to kind of get punched in the face a bit as yeah, like, like there were already Twitch streamers with five hundred thousand people following them. Like they yeah, those like, guys already existed. You know, like, like they're on Twitch. They're on they're they're on different platforms. They're well ahead. They've established themselves. This is we're we're in the position now as as stage performers coming to the online world where we're the outsiders. Mm. We're the rookies now. We're the people that don't know anything. So for six months, we all tried to throw as much shit against the wall as we could to see what stuck. There was a lot of failing. I don't know. I'm guessing Kenny was the same thing. There was a lot of ideas that you had that didn't go through. Same thing for me. And ultimately, you got to this point where let's try to do something as a first step. And I think that format of my show was none of it could be stand-up. Mm-hmm. None of it could be what we consider normal. It has to be different. It has to feel different, look different. And I think it more or less worked. I'm, I mean, I'm obviously way more impressed with Kenny's uh, overall, you know, uh, what he came up with and his team um, just watching it. Because I also like the, the brevity of it. I think the 18 to 20 minutes is something that I, we all have to adapt going forward to. If you talk to anybody our age or younger, especially younger, they don't want to wait for things. They don't want to sit down for things. They don't want to – they don't have the patience. It's not the attention span. It's the patience. You have to grab them or give them a small, short task. So sitting for an hour on a show or 20 minutes in a, in a, in a, a virtual experience is different than trying to do a 90-minute performance. That's a live performance. That's different. That's a different world than what we're living in now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think and for, go ahead, go Chris. Ahead. No, go ahead, Kenny. No, no, please. No, no, you go ahead. You're, you're, you're ahead. This is the most Canadian polite moment I've ever <laughs> oh, please, seen. Oh, please. Oh, please there, bud. Hey, please. No, no, no. <laughs> you first, buddy. After you. Vas-y, vas-y. And we also had we had we had James McGee on a couple of months ago too, mm-hmm. and James has found success with his show. Um, but it's the same thing. It's it's doing something that's completely different and completely new, and not doing something that the way we did it a year ago at this time when we were all hitting stages, whatever mm-hmm. whether it's theater, improv, comedy, or music. Every single one of us has had to try to find a new way to to kind of go after our, our audience. Mm-hmm. And it, we're also, in effect, chasing a different type of audience than we yeah. were. I always, the people who buy a dinner and a show aren't on Twitch or yeah. looking up streams. You know, I, I always thought it was it was crazy because I I I I'm, I don't perform or do anything on Twitch, but I have a Twitch account and I follow some people and I follow both musicians and gamers uh, as like nerd that I am, but. Uh, when you like when you log in, you can see that the the how many people are watching each of the live streams you subscribe. And it was just like you'd be watching like a like a, a musical performer or whatever doing a stream to like three thousand people. And this is someone like you've heard of, like if you watch like like Quest Love from the Roots is performing to like a couple thousand people. And then you watch a guy playing Fortnite is playing performing to like performing to like fifty to sixty thousand people. And like it blows my mind that you're like, what? Why are you guys watching this? kid play Fortnite. i'm like quest love is doing a, a live set to like a fraction 
of the audience. But like playing into what Chris was saying, that's how it is, because that guy has been playing Fortnite for the last five years, has a dedicated following, has fan engagement, has all this stuff going well, he's on. Curated his, he's curated his audience. Questlove yeah. is just doing something, literally pulling something out of his ass. And I yeah. love Questlove, we, 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 but it's... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not... Full, it, it's the reality. It's what, we, what we're doing right now. And I think, Kenny, your thing with a, vi- a performance experience, did you decide that because it was... It was hard to, you know, just, you know, pin down exactly what you were trying to do online. Or did you come to the realization that you had to approach it differently because of its being virtual and online? Yeah, I mean, we re- we wanted to um, I, I had a I had a problem with sort of figuring out what this beast was because it wasn't. It wasn't a performance in front of people. I wasn't going to be able to feed off people. And, and, and granted, I got to do this show in February 2020. And it's to, for two weeks, I did it for 10 shows. People got to see the show. And it was really, I, I, and I was feeding off the audience. You know? and, but now, for me, figuring out what to call this was, was I, I think, I mean, I had multiple meetings to discuss it because we, we, we weren't sure. It was something that we were like, it, what is this beast? What is this? We don't. I, I. I never want to call it a film. I never thought it was a film. I always thought it was sort of like it's theater, but it's done in a way where it's not. Like I. I. Where. Where are the people? Where. Where's the the pre-show buzz? Where's the where's the excitement of like I've made a decision. I'm going to see a theater, and I want to get back to what you were saying, Chris, about um people and watching the like a, a quick small video look think about tiktok tiktok is just you got, you got a couple seconds they're doing a video grab my attention and i'm laughing you know like it's and it's so quick so for us when we decided to go like what time we wanted to do it was definitely cutting stuff down saying this is no good this this is not this is not virtual i sat down with my dramaturg jesse song and we really we broke it down in a sense where it was like he said I we've we gone through the script, but you need to go through this and and, and just blaze stuff right out. Just blaze it all out because this is is not going to be useful to the internet. You know, you need to have like things pop up. Think I remember writing down a notes like think TikTok. Think how do we make this thing? So when we were coming up with a name, I was like, this is not this is not like a theater show. This is not um this is not storytelling. It's an experience. People are going to come and travel to the farm. And mm-hmm. and and that's really what we were trying to figure out and stuff like that. But um, you know, we were thinking about so many platforms to use. Like, was this going to go on Zoom? Was this going to be a Facebook Live? Is this going to? And and th- there's so many options. And I think as artists, March happened, the pandemic hit, and we were all were like, how do I make this work? And like you said, none of us were used to this sort of platform. None of us were used to like putting our work in front of a camera to an audience that's not there but that is there and then you know i also think as artists we we all get paid for our work but then suddenly there was no all of our all of our audience members were gone like we there was no way of getting in touch with them to like well you know can you like like pay for your ticket but it's not really a ticket anymore because they're they're watching you do a quick like, tiktok thing they're watching you do a quick like facebook live that you're doing with your friend in chat like it, it, i think i think for artists we all kind of sat down we all were like, we have to do something, and then, and then things were thrown to the internet. And like you said, some stuff stuck to the wall, but there's a lot of stuff on the ground. There's a lot <laughs> there's of a lot shit. Of- no, there's a lot of shit. 
Um, I mean, I participate in some of the shit that's out there. I, I produce some of it. Uh, I'm not happy with it. There's stuff that I have, you know, that I didn't even release because I was so unhappy after it was done, you know, being, you know, produced. Um, but there was something that you said about the theater. I mean, I did theater in high school, but even as a performer now, I, I understand it. There is a sense of excitement. Uh, there's the butterflies when the house lights come down and the curtain's about to come up. Or when the you know when the house lights come down, the host is about to go off with the show. If it's talking about stand up, there's that boost that you get that you feel that you've, not just the audience, but that that live performance nature. That I mean, I've done it a bunch of times now. You can't replicate that online. You're sitting mm-hmm. in front of a computer screen. You're you're dressed from the waist up usually. You know, like it's just not it's just not the same. It's yeah. never gonna be the same. So we have to stop trying to replicate it and like you said, adjust to the times that we're in. And I think with with Malunderstood you, you really knock it out of the park in terms of showing not just, you know, what you could do for yourself and your team, but how others could approach trying to create internet content and internet entertainment. Yeah. I was watching. Well, thank you. A, yeah, I, appreciate, uh, oh. I appreciate you saying that. Go, go ahead, Keith. No, I was going to say I was watching a uh, a music uh, live stream by a band called the Local Natives, and they did they did their live stream or whatever, and it was like as the when it they were all kind of in a circle, sort of playing to each other, which they were like because you need to look at not to say you need to, but they were like it's looking at someone felt more natural than just looking out to an empty like venue because they were actually playing on a venue so they actually set they set themselves up in a circle on where the dance floor would normally be at the venue and it's like but after they were done even one of the guys like as like just sort of like as the live stream was kind of coming to an end he was like okay like when do doors open like he's like is that felt like a sound check you know like he's like like that was he's like i'm glad people enjoyed it but he's like that was that was a sound check man like but, okay, if we could get uh, off track for a second. No, we've never done that before, Chris. No, we've never done that before. But, you know, again, as a, as a Montrealer and as a, a person who's uh, not gone to shows and worked at shows at Mainline, Mainline's okay? We're going to survive this? Mainline is okay. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough on all venues. It's, it's tough for Mainline. We, we are doing everything we can. I, I tell you, I do get a tear in my eye every time I go there, and um, we there's no shows. You know, I, I I went there in October. October is rocky season. You know, like yeah. it, it's it's it, I have no. I, I take the rentals there, so so for me, like I had I had oh, my my 2020 was so lovely. I had so many new companies coming in, uh, veteran companies coming in, doing shows. We were we were bustling. We were busy. It was going to be an exciting Fringe Festival as well. And then, of course, 2020 hit. Um, you know, it, I, keep, it, I keep talking to people in the I keep talking to people in the industry, and, and it's like we all have that same story how, yo, man, January, February last year was fucking hot, man. It was great. Things were booming, you know, and things were, things were happening, and then March <laughs> hit, and it's just like we've been in – it's been since March. We've mm-hmm. been in – it's it, it still feels like March 11th, like March 12th when it became <laughs> real much. that it was about to get I mean, hit. I, I remember sitting at Moonline uh, when we had the announcement. We had three sold-out shows that night, uh, two for the dance show. who They were doing back-to-back, and we had a, a, a solo show in the mini-main. They were both sold out. They, like the, 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 the performers had been there at 8 a.m. like rehearsing, and they were like, no, no, it's going to be open. It's going to be open. And then we... I, I was in a meeting with someone and then Amy walked in the office and then I ended that meeting 
And then I was like, so what's up? And she's like, oh, just this. Then showed me like uh, the page from the CALQ and was like, and it was like, you guys have to shut down tonight. And I was like, wow. Um, Were you able to finish the shows or no? No, 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 no. It was like, you have to shut down tonight and there is no. There was some confusion. I remember because I was booked on a gig that I had canceled because it was my it was my show. I had canceled yeah. it because ticket sales were scarce at that scarce. No, scarce. it was pandemic, buddy. It was pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it was no, no, that, that was there was that was hitting the sales. It would have otherwise it was gonna go bank yeah. gangbusters. No, mm-hmm. no, I know, but what I'm saying is I had canceled my show because mm-hmm. it just and it the last show that we did it was the roast battles. The last show that we did it sold out, so I knew mm-hmm. it wasn't the show. Yeah, but exactly. I canceled my show because I'm like, it's just I don't want to force because I, I rely on those shows a lot. I rely on my like my group, my fans, if you will. And mm-hmm. it was like, I'm not going to beg people to come to a show if we have so much uncertainty. But I remember the comedy desk that night. What there was confusion as to whether they were going to do the shows or not. That's why I was interested to see if Kenny sh- the shows that the main line went through. I know the we, improv, rest in peace. They had a show that they had to cancel that night, along with another bunch of other venues. And it's just, it's looking back at it, it's such a tragic time because we all thought it would be like a month. We'll be back. Uh, I, I, I didn't. I, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't believe. It. I didn't even. Uh, I, I remember packing up and I was like, I'll be here in a week. And Amy was like, Let's, let's watch. Like the, the show got to perform just in front. Like they got to perform and film it. That's the that show got to perform and film it. And Amy was like, why don't we go sit down and watch it one last time? It'll be the last show for 2020. And I was like, no, no, like, we'll be back. We'll be back in a month or maybe maybe two months. Mm-hmm. Because like, because I think China had just done their two-month lockdown and they were good. They were like, they were, okay, good with quotation yeah. marks. But they were Air like, on they, they, yeah, um, but um, they, I remember, I remember like, yeah, we'll be back. And here we are. Here we are doing the podcast from. From so far away and uh, using the internet and and I'm mean, like let's just be honest as artists I think we all gained like a new tool belt and learned all of these new softwares to like yeah, build our our next like <laughs> yeah. shows and stuff and I'm curious to know what the uh, after effect of this is going to be who's going to want to go in space with other people who's gonna who's not going to be scared of someone coughing in back row like like I, I I'm quite curious to know how the audience will be affected and also performers. I think, you know, like will comedians ask to have multiple mics? Will will like theater shows have less contact and like like will they be designed or will they be like designed in a way where they're 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 further apart the the, the performers? Like th- these are all questions I'm asking. Like like they're very I I'm I'm curious and I'm I'm I don't want to say looking forward, but I, I I'm I'm curious to know what's going to happen to our art scene with these new thoughts that we all have. Because I think I think these are I don't want to say traumatic thoughts, but we we we're we're all going through this pandemic, and like everyone's at their TV screens, their laptops, looking at the government announcements. Like, what's the next step? What are we What are we doing? I think there is fear. I think there is fear to go and say. I, I know when the theaters open in the summer, I wasn't ready to go back in an audience. If you said, yeah. "Kenya got free tickets to this show," I would have been like. No, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, see, we we went through that when we reopened in the summer, and I was I was curious because performers at our heart are whores. We're all whores. <laughs> we, we we love it. So especially those of us that are good at it, uh, we really enjoy 
the adulation and the and the patting on the back and like the the self service that you do by by going on stage. So that's not. I'm never worried about the performer side. I'm always going to be worried about the audience side. I'm going to be worried about the audience side for the next 18 months because I don't know. Like I look at my mom and people of her ilk who. You know, as a live performer, you're always targeting that, you know, 40, 30 to 60 demo. That's who has money to come to live shows. When are they going to be comfortable? In the summer, yeah. 50 people is a sellout at the Comedy Nest. Uh, so the place holds 160. That's a significant drop off. Yeah. The main line holds what, 120? One, 102. Okay, yeah, Mainline was 102, and you were talking about something just now about how the performers, it's different for people at Mainline, like for Rocky next year, let's say we get the, we get to next year and we're ready to go, our performer's going to be nervous about, it. it's a tight space, Mainline, it's especially mm-hmm. backstage, it, you know, quick changes, all that, that's all something that we're going to have to consider, and there's going to be risks that we're all going to have to undertake, but there's also going to be, like, for venue, for venue managers, it's going to be a challenge, it's going to be mm-hmm. a fucking challenge. And it's, the yeah. vaccine's not going to make that go away. Yeah. No. Well, I, I mean, I, I know the, I, I don't know if I mentioned on this podcast or the other one, but like a buddy of mine uh, was talking about, he was like, he's like, moshing is done, right? Like, he's like, it's over. He's like, no one's ever going to just like jump into a sweaty pit of people dancing like they, like a group of strangers. Nah, see, I thought I, that. I thought that. And then I'm watching. I wa- Keith knows I watch a lot of sports. Yeah. I'm watching a Notre Dame Clemson game the day of the election, <laughs> the weekend, the weekend of the election. And there's like a rush to the field at the end of the game. And there's like 50, 40,000 people just. It's on true. Top can, or the, the, the. Yeah, now the, it's 40,000 college kids. So it's different. They're all invincible. I mean, well, you look at the, 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 the Tampa, Tampa Bay Stanley Cup parade with yeah, the same deal. It's. It, a lot of people saw it because it, it was the game went to overtime and it cut into SNL and Chappelle was hosting that night. So people were furious. It was the day the election got called mm. and it was a great football game, but it's neither here nor there. <laughs> but <laughs> at the end of the game, it's Notre Dame and they rush the field mm-hmm. the, And it's like, it's just all you see is like, it's just a super spreader event at this point. It's just, yeah. it's, and that makes you nervous now. Like I'm watching old clips of last year from like last January of basketball games and the people are on top of each other. Literally. It's like, man, we live in such a different fucking world now. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I look uh, like a highlight, a Montreal highlight for me every year is going to Oshiaga. And I'm just sort of like, I'm looking forward to the concept of going back, but I'm like, maybe I'll stay real far away from the stage, you know, like, yeah. The... Like Oshiaga is already like a, a tight space. Just to walk in, <laughs> just to walk into. Yeah, Oshiaga, exactly. You're funneled you know, like, in like cattle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. no, it's uh, whew, it's. I mean, uh, I guess like I, I, that's what I'm saying is I think that people's at least the as much as like to Kenny's point, I guess like as much as might need to adapt. I think that people's appetite for the arts will like. Obviously, we're gonna lose some venues. I'm sure. Obviously, we're gonna lose some play. I mean, we already lost. Like I said, we already lost Montreal Improv and so on and so forth. And I don't want it to, to diminish any of that, but. Like, I'm hopeful for, like, a rebirth <laughs> of some kind. Like, when it does become safe, I think that people aren't going to just be like, well, I'm never going out again to watch comedy or music or a theater piece. I'm just I'm just staying home, and that's me for the rest of my life. I don't think 
people have that in them. So hopefully there'll be like new venues will open and new opportunities will come. That's my my positive take, because I don't think that people are satisfied necessarily. Maybe there will be a lot more online content and stuff that gets created possibly from now until forever. But I don't think it's going to ever like replace the space in our brains for the like live arts and live performances, if that makes sense. No, it does, because and Kenny, I'm sure you can speak to this, too. But part of people's joy of going to live shows is the getting dressed up, going out, you know, going out to dinner first, all that. So like my cousin, who's a pretty introvert kid, like just out of nowhere the other day goes, man, I just fucking miss going out, going out to the bar with my buddies or going to a comedy show. Mm-hmm. And like he would regularly go to comedy shows, like him and his boys would go on like on Friday night. Like they've come to shows in mine, a main line that I've done. They they go to shows, and it's like he's like, I just fucking miss it. Like I miss going out. Like people are gonna miss. Yeah, I just don't know how many how many people miss going out that are of the age to keep our facilities open. Yeah, but I think I said, I think it's almost like a human thing though. Just like to to tag off what you were saying, Chris. Like a bu- a buddy of mine, their 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 child is a is like a crazy introvert who usually uh like the, when goes a you, before this happens, never wanted to go to daycare, didn't like going to daycare, likes staying home with his uh, his parents. Brat. When he, he wasn't like bratty about it. He was just like, I can take it or leave it. He never looked forward. They're like, don't you make friends? And he's like, whatever, I don't really care. Apparently at daycare, had maybe one or two kids he talked to, liked to play by himself. Wasn't necessarily like a brat about any of it. No, I'm which, kidding, I'm kidding, kidding. I don't know. But yeah, he's a brat. No, <laughs> kid's a jerk. No. I don't want to deface <laughs> the honor of this nameless kid here. <laughs> but, but they were saying it was really funny because like a couple months into it, the kid was like, I think uh I feel like a bad friend. I don't know. Maybe he was like two, two and a half or something. But like, he's like, they're like out of the blue. He was just sort of like, he's like, when do I go back to daycare? You know, like, is that a thing? <laughs> you know, he's like, I, I, I guess like he didn't, he was just happy that he had, that he stopped going and that his mom and his dad were staying home all day. But after like two or three months, even at that like small formative age, he was just sort of like, can I see other people at a certain point here? You know, like he even had like that, I would like to yeah. go out and do stuff, you know? For sure. No, um, I, mean, I mean, it's funny. I, I saw the same thing happen to my, my niece, who uh, um, sh- she's two. And I, this I this is the, 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 your co-star. My co-star, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. My, my, my co-star at the end of the, at the, end of the video. She, um, I remember she, she once looked at me and she said, friends? Where's friends? And then she started naming all of her friends, like Zachary and and Edouard, and she just started naming all of her friends. And and uh, my my sister was like, everyone's at home, and it was it was it was just like trying to explain her that like, I mean I, I'm sure for kids like it's interesting. Okay, I'm gonna bring us somewhere else. Um, <laughs> I took a uh, theater for young audiences workshop writing for for plays this during the pandemic that the National Theater School was offering, and someone was saying. If you're going to write a play, write it from what they see. And one of the, the people in the group wanted to write about BLM protests that were happening at that moment when we were in the workshop. And our, our, um, our professor, uh, Dean Patrick Fleming, was, was saying how you need to write it from their angle, like write it from like the, the kid in the protest watching and like imagine it from their view. It was like, imagine if you're a child and like your your parents are watching the news, your parents are more home. Your 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 parents are like 
are 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 stressed. Like they, like I think kids can really feel what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So, and but then also their routine is completely off whack. Like mom is not home on a Tuesday. What what am I doing home? What 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 is going on? You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I, I think it's 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 to say that like I think all of our routines are out and. You know, I, I agree that people are going to go back to the arts. I think people will go. I'm just questioning how long will it take for people to be back comfortable? You know, like you're saying, yeah. you're a big fan of Otiaga, but when will you feel comfortable to go back in that front row and cheer on your favorite musician? Which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised Otiaga was like, here's our three big numbers and here's what, what we're going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as as, as someone who, they yeah, they, they, they announced it's going to be, they, they got Foo so Fighters back. Hopeful. Cardi, they yeah, Cardi B and Post Malone. They announced the three headliner days. I feel that like I mean I uh, don't know what an Oceaga twenty twenty one will look like, but I feel like they have to at least plan for one. Do you know what I mean? Like like if they don't, it's weird. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. like it, it. They do seem to be cutting it incredibly close. If they're talking about we're saying vaccines by September and then they're August one. But I was just sort of like, because I was like, I feel that if they don't, then they they look like they're not doing anything. And if they miss, like, if everything is fine, they just they missed it. You know what I mean? Like, they have to at least start the planning. And I'm and I'm sure, like, I know uh, one of my one of my friends who's a, a a music promoter and stuff is apparently like all of the bookers, everything, like almost all of these venues have like insured things to high heaven with anything that they're booking. Everybody knows there's total cancellation. Almost all the artists are booking for for cheaper just to get the bookings that they can where they can. Uh, this is back in the summer when things looked like they were starting to slowly open up again. And so I think that they're I don't want to obviously I have no idea what the inner workings are going on at Avenco, obviously. But I was like, I feel that if they don't at least start the wheels turning towards what an Oceaga might look like they're if if the opportunity arises to do something and they're not ready. They're just like, I don't know if they're like, they can withstand skipping two years of revenue, you know, like, I guess, I guess we'll see. But yeah, it's, I mean, uh, it, it might also just be give something of people to look forward to, hopefully. That's, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's, that's what I was saying too. Yeah, because yeah. like, I, like, I can't imagine like the Foo Fighters are going to be like, let's go on an international tour if it's not safe, you know, even if they agreed that they're like, it probably like every one of those headliners probably has a like cancellation clauses like a mile long on their own end for like to protect them or forget the festival like just to be like yeah i'm not doing this if it's not safe for them you know so yeah who knows man who knows um i also want to point out you guys have both said it twice and i just forgot to say it montreal improv is back what yeah they they, did yeah, Kenny Struley uh, with Struley with with good I mean, news. I mean, it's it's Strul and <laughs> breaking news Strul. from Kenny Strul. <laughs> breaking news here. Um, extra, extra. Uh, no, I think um, I think they they I, uh, they are doing online classes. They they are back. If you check their Instagram account, their Facebook account, they have a new administration. They have a new team, and they're they're restarting. Oh, I'm excited. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good news. Great. And what and and like as we said, in adapting in whatever form they take, they have uh, like I said, they have a brand, they have a following. Uh, whoever can make it work to keep those spaces 
open or well or even if they're virtual right <laughs> it's like yeah. as a I virtual mean, space when i was thinking about the things that were tough for the pandemic i was thinking about comedy for sure uh and stand up because like you have to live off the the audience's reaction and uh especially the laughter but improv must be super hard too when oh. you're like your partner is like in a zoom with you and you're trying to do a scene and they're then they you say line and then you have to wait like that extra like buffer time and then mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly. i mean like that's it like that raise those razor sharp responses that can come from like two skilled improvers just like playing off each other like all of a sudden it's like just slowed down as everybody's <laughs> like wait for it to finish talking it's funny because we had a keith brought up my my holiday show but you know we had a couple improvers uh who were closing out the show for us doing a, a roast battle Mm -hmm. of, of two holiday characters so it was an elf and a reindeer roasting each other it's quite funny uh concept was good but there's that you miss that being able to go at each other back and forth and playing off each other's reactions when your your internet's delayed by a half a second so mm -hmm. you're getting you're getting a glitch real like at totally the wrong time it's just like you said before at the beginning, we have to totally change the way we approach it online. It cannot be what we do in regular. Yeah, you can't just copy paste. It's not business club experience usual. into online. It doesn't work. No, exactly. Yeah, I, I think, and I think that's the that's the main thing that I learned from this pandemic is that we can still do art. We just have to adapt and call it something else. By the way, Kenny, your production team, I'm looking at your website. Oh, first of all, website, top-notch. Uh, oh. I really love the Remy Malik-like headshot at the beginning. Um, <laughs> really stunning. It really ca catches your eye. But your production team is just full of like Montreal's best and brightest, eh? Amy, Sean Colby, Holly Greco. Yep. Jesus mm -hmm. fucking Christ. I <laughs> am no expense so was lucky. spared. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I mean, for this production, I got the top of the best. I am so fortunate to work with such uh, amazing folks. Uh, Amy Blackmore, who has been a friend, mentor, uh, really my go-to person for all my things. And I mean all my things. Um, she has been extraordinary on this production. Sean Colby is a college friend. We both graduated from... Um, theater school we lived together he was he's a best friend of mine he moved to toronto and i was so lucky because he started a um filming company it was really like yeah. it's focusing on it was focusing on commercial and a lot of self-tapes with actors and he posted and this is why i gotta tell you it's so important for people to share their lives on instagram and i know it's crazy <laughs> to say people aren't but, sharing but, enough uh, i say that, that's right. No, but it's interesting because Sean, Sean posted a picture of his gear and said, hey, Montreal, if you need some self-tape stuff, let me know. And I was like, wait, when are you coming down? And he was like, August. And I was like, oh, that, I just got this grant from Canada Council. Let me be in touch if I need your help. And he, he was coming down to Montreal because he had booked a gig with his fiance. To uh, They were both in the film. They were playing a, uh, they were they were playing a marriage. They 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 were the couple getting married, which is very funny. He just uh, proposed and she said yes, and so it was very funny. And 
uh, they, they get to film a wedding when their wedding has to be delayed because of COVID. Um, and so, 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 but he had less filming days than her. So she was still in town. They shared the hotel together. And then he had time to come down to West Brom and film this thing with me for three days. And he did all the editing. He's so incredible. I, I owe him an arm and a leg if I could. Um, and I got to show Colby, you. Sean Colby, if I could just jump in. Uh, yeah. Sean Colby doesn't know me very well. We went to high school together, but I was three years ahead. I was with his sister. Uh, Sean Colby's going to be a superstar in the, oh, in the sure. production game. 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about Sean Colby in a much different tone. He's going to be more universally known. That kid is going places. Um, this is unsolicited. He's not paying me for this. If he wants to, it's uh, fifovendito at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> but that kid has a really bright future in this business. Uh, whatever he decides to do, whether it's act, produce, direct, anything. He's uh, he's one of the more talented people I've ever seen come out of Montreal. So hopefully Absolutely. big things from him. And uh, no, killer. Just the whole crew is killer, man. The whole crew Absolutely. is killer. I, I could not have asked for a better crew to come along with me with this weird journey. I mean, it was it was it was weird. It was it was you know, and, and here I was buying like masks and COVID visors and and spray bottles to like clean the products when when it's just like it was just it's just me in the show. But you know, like we 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 had my my sister who brought Mackenzie and we had Sean and and it's just this this, this whole team and and I think what was interesting is that. Amy was Amy worked a lot on the script and like really trimmed it down in our adaptation. Like we really worked hard on like cutting a lot of stuff down. And one of the days, like Amy was still working on a scene, and, and I think what's incredible is that she was in London, Canada. Uh, she 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 took she did her two week. Oh, is there another London? There, there is another London apparently. I oh, haven't wow. been. heard of it. No, it's just I, Ontario I, to me. Jeff Hackett's hometown. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, but um, so so um, Amy was directing me from the phone, and she was like, "Remember this, and remember that." And it's just like, you know. We, uh, but again, I'm I'm so fortunate to be surrounded by such a team, and and thank you for pointing it out, Chris, because uh, yeah, they they deserve all the applause uh, for just joining me in this this crazy adventure. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask Kenny was the um, you mentioned a couple times that you got funding through this via a grant. Was the grant initially for some kind of an online thing or did you have to trans like did like how how did yeah. that work you, you had the show you applied for the grant and i can't imagine that it was a, a covid threat ready grant it, like like how it, did that did was how did that transition go if there was one well well it, it, it was a covid grant it was oh. kind of council for the arts was kind of like all of our other grants are not like you can't apply for them now because like all the governments were saying Theater, even rehearsals and development, no, it's not happening. If you want to develop, like it has to be like kind of at home and writing, but there's I no. I guess the like, application for, rules for all their other grants were just like void automatically, essentially. Well, I, that I'm not sure, but I know that like they were kind of like they had they had these other grants and some of them weren't accessible because of COVID because they were performance related. Right. So they they created this new one called Digital Originals, mm -hmm. and it was it was sort of like they were handing out. Uh, five thousand dollar grants to as many as many people who could, you know, like, as as long as the budget had it, they were they, they were giving away. So they had, I think they had two thousand people apply mm -hmm. across Canada, um, and and of course then they didn't have enough, or maybe I'm wrong. I don't quote me on that two thousand. If anyone quotes me, I will be in big trouble. <laughs> um, 
they had a lot of people apply and um, it was specifically to either create new digital work or adapt a previous work uh, from another art form to put into the digital stream. And I applied and I was, I was quite um, ready to expect them to say, no, no, you're not gonna, you're, you're not gonna get it. You, you, because, because, because I was like, this is my first grant I'm applying for, like, come on, like, it's great, but there's so many applicants, there's so many hardworking artists out there, it's okay, it's okay, I won't get it. And then I remember in August, I got it, and I was like, this is, this is crazy, this is bananas. So, so yeah, so the, that was a grant specific for COVID-19. And, you know, cool. if there's any oh, artists listening cool, to but... this, yeah, I, yeah, no, no. <laughs> also, also I mean, lucky, lucky that it was like, August and not September or October, you know, like I get to like, like everything. Yeah. Well, I have to sound like a pretentious uh, jerk, but uh, this, uh, this application came across my desk as well. And uh, <laughs> I looked at it and I honestly, I get maybe looking back after what Kenny just said, maybe you should have just gone, I should have just gone for it. I didn't feel I had anything that deserved a grant. Oh, buddy. No, no, no. It's not like it's not like oh, woe is me. I have plenty of great ideas. My ideas are great. They're brilliant. <laughs> the best safe. ideas. Um, greatest ideas you've ever heard. But when you you feel like it's almost like do you I don't know. Did you feel this way that it's like a one shot deal to get this? Like you don't want to you don't want to you put something out there and then get rejected and then like oh fuck I'm never gonna get looked at again. No, I disagree with you. And I'll tell okay. you why. And this is something that Amy says in her uh, grant writing workshops. And if you haven't yet, when Amy does another one, please, whoever's listening to this, go to it. It's so important. She gives you all the key basic tools to apply for your grant. And the thing that she says is that you have to apply. If you don't apply, you won't ever know the results. And if you apply, they start knowing who you are. So that moment that you do have a project that they're interested in, they'll be like, oh, yeah, remember, Chris applied with these ones. And and we weren't sure with those ones, but now this one, we can see his development is this, and let's let's give him that grant. Let's give him the the grants. Because the rule is, you're not supposed to get your first one. I am a I'm a different case. I don't know what happened. I expected a no from them, and they gave me a yes. Maybe it's COVID. I I I, I don't know. I I'm sure they made a mistake. I can tell you what um, happened, Kenny. They they didn't want to see your name. That's it. <laughs> They were like, "Crap! If we don't, if we don't give it to this guy, I don't know. I don't we're know how somehow going to be offending someone, and we don't know who like, or where they're from." Like, what is it? Is it Strudel? Is it Strudel? Is it Kenny Strudel? No, George. Why would it be Strudel? And then they're like, "Fuck it, just give it to him." Kid looks all right. You know? like, 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 it turns out you did return on their investment because you curated something. Again, I can't say this enough. That it's it's a really unique and exciting thing. And it's eight. It's twenty minutes of your time, and you could donate. The, all the link is on the website at kennystrudel.ca. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's such a it's yes. such a brilliant brilliant piece of of art to come out of this thing. And it's really, I'm just like I love when Montreal people do well, and it's a tight community, and we have our problems and we bicker or whatever. But I, I just I love seeing our kids do well, our guys do well, and. Congrats to you, man. This is really so, just achievement on this one. I think we're going to tell our listeners how they can watch it. Then we're going to do five questions, and then we're going to wrap it up. I think I just I know, I know, but I'm just you, you oh, go okay, to the, the website. But I'm saying, but there's a there's there's an end date. Yeah, it's true. January. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, there is, is there? an end date. There, there, there was. We we did announce that it was going to be done on January 11th. You're not wrong about that. 
Um, but Lego is about to make a big announcement. So we are going to extend it until the lockdown is over. Yeah, Just okay. so down the road. It's like uh, like Lin-Manuel like Lin Miranda did with Hamilton. They just kept fucking moving the end. Keep extending, keep extending. Yeah, so keep so you can you can watch the, the, the Malunderstood virtual experience if you're listening to this podcast. And if, if Montreal slash Quebec is still under lockdown, you can still watch it, is what we're saying. Yeah, exactly. You just there gotta you go, go to Kenny. <laughs> you're still not allowed outside. You can so still watch this So in 2023, we'll still be watching Kenny's <laughs> malunderstood <laughs> virtual performance experience. And you know what? We're gonna From our it. bunkers, you know. You know, you know what's gonna happen though? Probably in 2023, there'll be that one person when it's no longer available who'll be like, "Ah, sorry, I missed it. I just was unavailable." <laughs> yeah, you know, I was really had a really busy couple of years of self isolation. A lot yeah, of things coming thing, my way. That's one thing that if you're in the performance arts right now and someone's like, "I don't have the time," it's like, really, <laughs> really. What the fuck do you possibly have to do? What, I mean, do you, what do you got? I want to know what you have. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Just tell me what it is so I can do it too. Yeah, um, exactly. Sounds interesting. What's up? What's going on? I got a, yeah, I got a date with no, the I just want to say one last thing about that too is that the tickets are pay what you can pay what you decide and afterward you see it and it's it's really important it is pay what you decide I really it I want people to watch the video and and the link is there to donate because the production and we worked hard on it but also I understand that financially some people might be not doing so great these days so please you know if you want to watch it and you don't have any money you know the best thing to help an artist is to just share it let them know that you saw it and you liked it and uh, that your friends who might have money should also see it yeah exactly. most importantly speaking to the people who have money when you exactly. have money the best thing to help an artist is to pay for their art not share it i see too many of those fucking memes going around where it takes no money to help your friends i'm like ah but you bought a gucci purse last week brenda <laughs> Yeah. You stalk your mom's friend on Facebook. <laughs> no, my mom my mom's pretty uh, pretty good with the uh, the donating. Your mom's for my friend. for my thing, she's like, Could you take my credit card and do the donation for me? And I'm like, No, like you're gonna pay service fees. Just give me the money myself and I'll add it to the thing. She's like, Well, I don't trust you and I'm like, The money's coming to me either way, mom. <laughs> I don't trust I don't you that you're going to give it to you. charity, Chris. What? Well, you know, my mother, you know, mother and I have a history. <laughs> uh, uh, you want to want to set up five questions, Chris? And we'll... Even, I haven't been here in a while. What's uh, where are we at? Have we Same changed question. them? We haven't changed them. Why would we change okay. them? All right. Cool. 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 Uh, Kenny, uh, what is your favorite childhood food? My favorite childhood food is corn on the cob, uh, but then my sister knocked out my front tooth and I can't have it anymore. Do you, do oh, you no. cut it? Like when you have braces, you cut it off yeah, the cob? Yeah. Now I have to cut it off the cob and it's so unsatisfying. It's yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. When I had I'm, braces, I had to do that. And it was like, this is fucking... So, See, my only moment at Quebec Pride was like, so c'est pas naturel. So... Growing up, did did you guys uh did you guys do the like big work? Did you have corn roast parties? Like, it, oh, um, not not on the farm. No, oh. my 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 family was not into parties that much. But every year there is a agriculture fair called Brome Fair. Of course, it is naturally right. Well, fucking right? Walter so goes it, there. Went there. I think he goes there every year to the almost, Brome yeah. Fair. 
Yeah. Yep. Uh, the the Brom is, is like the second biggest fair or third biggest fair in Quebec. And mm -hmm. uh, they, there's a stand that literally takes a corn on the cob, dumps it in butter, and then takes it out for you to enjoy. And I, oh, the number of corn on the cob they had there was fantastic. I love it so much. Um, it's literally I, one of our, it's our best farm to table ingredient we have in Quebec is, is our, is our corn on the cob in September. Uh, yeah. Just, That's it. Like friends, friends of my dad, they, they used to live behind a, a cornfield. Like they weren't the actual farmers, but they, they were like their backyard. It was like their backyard, a road, and then a cornfield. So they would pick up, uh, every year they would pick up like a massive amount of corn from the farmer and do like a party with like musicians and everything and just like pack them in for a corn roast in the backyard. The best. I agree. I mean, I, 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 I would love to have that happen here. However, the corn in the video, you'll notice that I'm walking by, that's corn for the cows. It's not for uh -huh. humans. Eat that, it is not as good. You will be disappointed. And Chris, you will realize that is not the Quebec fantastic corn that we offer. No, no, it's, uh, it's Boston corn. Boston. <laughs> um, Kenny, next question. What do your thoughts sound like? Oh, my God. Um, my thoughts come out a lot of times. Uh, when, I, when, I, um, when I'm hanging out with people, I usually talk to myself and it comes out loud. Um, and they're in French. They're, they're, they're oh. a pure Québécois uh, person qui parle, puis that really puts like the words all together like say like it's it's really uh it's really quebecer um voice that comes out yeah That's and then an, I, was, I was saying i was i was i was wondering what i was gonna say in what language if any or is it just like a mess of language but apparently it just locks into quebecois french i mean it, it'll go from quebec french and then it'll jump to swiss german and then um but then most of the time, I realize that I do talk a lot to myself out loud. And I think people are afraid of that. I remember once I had someone over and I was cooking breakfast and I was just talking to myself and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> my wife, my wife speaks to herself out loud when she thinks she's alone. <laughs> like if, if, uh, if I'm in the house with her, she won't. But then, or but if she forgets, or or she thinks I have my headphones on or whatever else, like sometimes I'll just like I'll, I'll just like walk by and I just hear her just like talking to herself. And I and I, I naturally we we live just the two of us. I'm just sort of like pardon. She's like I didn't know you were there. I'm sorry. I was just talking. I was like you don't have to apologize. But I was like you were having a whole whole conversation over there that I'm like oh was I. Was I being a shitty husband, not listening to you this whole time? <laughs> like, I was like, did you intend to me here? She's like, no, 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 it's it's fine. I was just, I thought I was alone. <laughs> I was like, okay. Which funny. is a scary, which is a scary, you know, answer. I thought I was alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're sort of like, I mean, she's plotting to kill me there. Like, That's right. Yeah, if you heard things, then you're like, uh-oh, I need to run away. Uh, Chris, you got the next question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is the best or worst thing about growing up? The best and worst thing about growing up? Best or, if you best only want to. If you can answer both, you can answer both, but you don't need to lock into, <laughs> like, one or the other. Whatever. Yeah, you don't need to give well, all the advice away for free, you know? Yeah. I, I used to think it was the worst part about growing up is that you have to be embarrassed by the things you do sometimes. Like, when was the last time you, you went on a hill of snow and just rolled down 
not caring that you like like just just acting like a kid. I like to act like a kid in public. Um, and I realized at first I was like, oh no, this is no good. Like people will be embarrassed to be around me, and it's happened. I've had people like walk away. I had one partner. I would I I would act like a child, and then she'd just walk away from me. <laughs> um, and then I, I recently realized, because I was, again, I was playing with Mackenzie outside, and she, she's, she was like, roll? Let's roll down the mountain? And I was like, yeah, let's just huge mountain snow, and we're just going to roll down. And I, and I laid down, and I just rolled down. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to lose the child of, of being crazy and, 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 and wonderful. And um, I, just, I just have to be myself and be a child and enjoy those moments. So I don't know if, I don't know if I've grown up yet, to be honest with you. <laughs> We'll yeah, it. the uh, the freedom that hanging out with a toddler gives you in terms of being a child again. Like, I, I see it with my niece, too. Just talking to her on the phone, and it's like, all of a sudden, I'm doing the different Facebook face filters. Yeah. You never like, put the well, Facebook filters on when you video call me, buddy. You can that's put not them true. on. Keith, you know, stop fucking slandering me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so kidding. I'm hearing, here, I'm hearing a bit of, of, of conflict between you two, so I think it's okay for you, Chris, now to... Uh, Share those filters with Keith. Exactly. Okay, we're into that world. I like no, the one when you open a, your mouth and the rainbow vomits. It's because he's a goddamn Mormon, Kenny. <laughs> and I tell him all the time that his, this Mormon ways of his, he's not a Mormon. What are you, a witness? I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. That's the one. That's the one. Yes. Uh, question number four. Uh, comes from uh, Simon and Pascal, who do the uh, the video found footage mashup video uh, institution from Quebec. Uh, total crap. Uh, they they want to know what is your worst media appearance, or what was your worst like interview experience, or just interaction with the media that you have that you've had. I guess for from from you also coming from a fringe uh, background, it could be the other way around potentially. I suppose could be like a media person coming to you and being, I don't know if you're like taking the calls from the media, looking for something, whatever your worst interaction with the media. It's actually Keith oh. for Kenny. It was this podcast. When, oh uh, we shit. Out. I knew that was coming, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. <for that. laughs> yeah, so this this podcast. Podcast. Um, the worst one. My goodness. Um, you I don't have to name been... names. You don't need to name. No, names. no, no. No, I, no, no. I, 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 I enjoy talking to people. I, you know what? I once went on an interview. A, a person that I, I get interviewed a lot, and for some reason, I was that time. I the third time I'd gone, and for that time, that third time, I was extremely shy, and my answers were short. I was giving this person nothing, nothing <laughs> to work with. This this poor interviewer had to be like, okay, and here's another question, another, and I just kept being like, yeah, no, mm. I just like. I remember them being like, "That was uh, you're are you are you okay, Kenny?" You know, like they didn't say it on on the air, but I remember them being like, I mean, like afterwards being like, "Yeah, you, are you okay? Do you have anything in your thought?" And I was like, "No, no, I, I this was a fun interview." <laughs> but I remember <laughs> being like, "Oh, maybe. I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> that was like weirdly that that not not to say that this this was anywhere near that experience, but that that experience is one of the the reasons why when we started doing this so many years ago, where I was like, I need to have a co-host because <laughs> I was like, yeah. we don't always know our guests that well. And I was like, if we sit down with someone and they're not engaged, I was like, I still need to put out a podcast that week. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, 
Uh, so I'm going to put a co-host and I was like, and if forever it happens, I mean, if you go through our catalog, you'll hear it sometimes <laughs> where, where you just hear the two hosts are like the only ones talking and it's just like it kind of becomes a two-way conversation. That's not because we're ignoring the guest. It's because the, the guest has oh. been giving us like monosyllabic answers for the first 10 minutes and we're like, well, <laughs> there still needs to I be an episode. It's, it's different. It's much different in podcast format than it is mm-hmm. in like a 10-minute radio hit. Yeah, or- for sure. Or a phoner or whatever, and I I've had some really just like, especially on the phone, like when like when like you get called for an article, which Shani, I'm sure it's happened to you, and the journalist is asking you these like fucking formulatic questions, and then you you give a bad answer, it will affect the rest of the interview because all you do is just keep thinking about that bad answer. Yeah, and for me, I also think when I when I go on a, on a live thing, I have a stutter, so I'm always just like stuttering through lines and then I'm like, oh wait, people are hearing this live that they're hearing my me go through <laughs> all these words that I, I think I think but I hear you, Chris, when you're saying like you mess up one question and then the next question comes, but you're still thinking about how yeah. terrible the first question. <laughs> it's like so how do you you know, you fuck up the question and it's like the rest of your answers are just like yes, no, I don't care. What the fuck yeah. did I answer before though? I, I've like every uh, – well, not every year because it was, didn't happen this year. I usually end up kind of uh, jamming my way into some of the phone interview cycles for some of the comedians coming in uh, at Just for Laughs. And I I enjoy it because I, I, I like – a to, to to talk to them but i also like to to throw them off i've had like numerous comedians be like thanks for asking me literally anything that was just sort of like not from every other magazine that we've been asking because they're just like we're just, I've, this is hour two of this and i'm on autopilot like yeah. I was, and i can't imagine what it's like to be a, someone like a just like a, a comedian sitting there you're like oh you're gonna do three hours of back-to-back phone interviews 10 minutes a pop Holy yeah, and every crap. single one has the. Uh, so what? What, what do you think you about decide? Montreal? No, why would you start comedy? Yeah, holy shit! Yeah, I, I remember when I when I worked for Just for Laughs as uh, with the communications team. I was just like uh, an assistant there, and we had Neil Patrick Harris come in to do interviews. He had the special galas. He had four galas, and they were and and he had given exclusive time to these TV outlets to do these interviews and they were just all back to back like like ready with their questions but it was just like you could hear the questions and it was all like are you enjoying yourself in Montreal and it's just like how many times can you say yes it's another city and the people oh my god this funny thing haha <laughs> it's like oh like, yeah, like just, they do it they're yeah. pros hats yeah, off to them sure. but yeah like yeah, uh, but 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 yeah I hear, yeah it's just crazy yep um and then i guess to to wrap the show up uh kenny uh i hope we're gonna have a guest on i don't know how many things there are left gonna be left to plug uh in two weeks yeah. but we should have a guest uh what question would you like to ask our next guest Ooh, i would like to ask the next guest what object in their life uh brings them a memory good or bad what object in their life brings you a memory? Oh. I don't know if that was English, but uh, yeah. Okay. No, no, it works. I got it. I got it. I got it. Chris, want to take a? You want to take a, a, a crack at that? Yeah, I have a signed uh, baseball from one of my favorite baseball players, and it brings me good and bad memories for a variety of personal reasons, but. Uh, it's uh, that if that's the first thing that came to mind when you asked the question. 
I, I, I have a really, really hard time um, answering this question because I'm a bit of a hoarder. When it comes to to objects, as my wife will will attest, like she'll be yeah, like, that "Why pill, don't you... that, that pillow behind him, Kenny, is twenty five years old." Max, so. twenty five <laughs> years old. Time to get a new pillow, there, Keith. Jesus. No, but it, it, it's like there's so many things in our in our house, uh, especially like just like I said, like objects, like like books and like even like notebooks. Like I have a notebook um, that is filled with like my. Like a little bit of school notes, some like letters, like you would use one of those books that like you would pass back and forth when you're writing to someone in class uh, that like is basically I think it just was like a book that I carried around at all times in the one first year of Dawson or whatever that it, I, I have attached like a, so many memories to these objects. And my wife is like, can you get rid of that? And I'm like, no, because here's this like detailed string of memories attached to it. And she's like it's a book, man. Like, don't, what are you talking about? You know, like, or, and then she's, she's the, she's ready to be like Mary Kondo on everything. Like she's, and, and I, my counterpoint is always, I was like, but these things do bring me joy. So I can't get rid of them. <laughs> like, because yeah, I, I guess, I guess that, that question is interesting of bring joy. Like if it doesn't bring her joy, is she allowed to throw it away? But if it brings you joy, like what's like, whose joy is more important here? <laughs> That's that's a big uh, conversation that we have <laughs> in terms of what 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 I'm allowed to keep, where I'm allowed to keep it. I have a pretty extensive uh, like action figure set uh, and like uh, like vinyl vinyl figurines and stuff. And it's always like, how many am I allowed? OK, you're allowed to have this many shelves. And then she's like, but now those shelves are crowded. But I'm like, you gave me a shelf count. You didn't say they needed to be like socially distant <laughs> yeah exactly you didn't need to say that my my toys need to be socially distant on the shelves here guys like yeah we'll go back and forth on it we and like i mean we have it mostly mostly figured out in terms of yeah. where Keith where and what a i get third, a third of the smallest room in the house that's it well the <laughs> room that you're seeing behind me and I, Sarah I pretty much gets have, the rest exactly and i was like i have this room if you if like for, for kenny you i have the office and then sarah gets most of the say everywhere else so we're okay, okay. Most. So when you come in with something new, it goes right to your office right away, so that it's it's in your room. It's in your exactly. room. And it doesn't matter. Okay. Current, currently, currently, for a night, you know. Yeah. Her current her current thing uh, that she hates is that I I I have like a a big board game collection, and she's like, if you haven't played this game in a couple years, like just donate it and get rid of it. But I'm like, why are you? It's still a good game. Just because I haven't happened to play it doesn't mean like I won't ever want to play it for the rest of my life. You know, like I'm like, just because you haven't picked up a game and haven't played it in like, say, two or three years doesn't mean that it like stopped being a valid game to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, no more good. <laughs> exactly. It didn't go bad. There's no like expiry date on a board game. It's like I have all the pieces. The rules are intact. We can still play this. I don't need to get rid of it. Yeah, so. Keith and his weird non-perishable board game fucking <laughs> Non-perishable board games. Jeez. Uh, that's perfect. Uh, perfect ending to the show. Kenny, thank you so much. For, thank you, Kenny. Thank you for making thank this, uh, this video available to all of us in lockdown. Obviously, pay what you decide. Uh, I guess is the easiest way to, to go to uh, kennystruly.ca and find all the links yeah. there. That's your yeah. absolute easiest yeah. way to do it. Uh, is there anything else either of you want to uh, want to plug or give a shout out? 
I just want to going say, on, guys. Uh, but, you know. I, I just want to say thank you for having me. This was really great. Uh, I uh, this was my first podcast. I so I just want to say thanks for for having me and uh, thank you for rocking even in these pandemic times. And uh, wish you all the best, guys. I wish you whatever you want for 2021, even though it might not be exactly what you like. <laughs> but uh, all the best. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks a lot, Kenny. Cheers. Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, we really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, Please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal or uh, just people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a, it's a fun show. We, we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something. A uh, big thank you, as always, to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude, who provided our theme songs. And, of course, a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show. Uh, Walter J. Ling, who technically retired, but still sometimes hosts. Uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Korber, and uh, Ines Anaya uh, all, are all amazing co-hosts, and you should support them and their comedy and uh, and all of that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for choosing Go Plug Yourself uh, as one of your From the Millions of Podcasts. And have a beautiful day. Thank you. 905.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.